Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Tuesday, November 26th, 2019. It is a magical release day. J.R. Ward, Karen Rose, Nora Roberts. Yay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm Shannon and I'm here with Christine, Brooke, Natalia, and Kristen. And we are starting our kind of year in review. So we will talk about some of our top books of 2019. But before we do that, I have the usual housekeeping information. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. If you want to join our Facebook listener group, we would love to have you. You can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can find out what we've been reading, um, find the show notes for all of our episodes. All those things appear on the Facebook page. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do that as well. And that address is the Book Bistro Podcast at gmail.com. All right, so this is kind of a brief kind of lightning round um, thing that we're trying here. Um, Brooke is going to start us off, followed by Christine, then Kristen, and then Natalia. And these are books that have stood out um, to us over 2019. So we are ready whenever you are, Brooke. So the first book that I'm going to talk about tonight is The Things You Save in a Fire by Catherine Center. And this book stuck out to me because it was a happy book. Well, not happy at the start, but happy at the end. And it was just a book that wasn't quite what I normally read. So it's, a, I think it's considered a contemporary romance, if I'm not incorrect. Um, so this book is about a woman named Cassie, and she is a firefighter in Austin, Texas. So at the beginning of the book, Cassie is getting a award for something she did while doing her job. And while getting the award, an incident happens between her and somebody from her past. And this ends up causing her some issues at her job. While this is happening, her mother calls her and asks if she will come and live with her for a year in um, Massachusetts. And this is kind of a problem for Cassie. Not only would she have to give up her job and give up her, like, kind of where she's kind of fit in, like where she feels that she fits in, but also her and her mother have been estranged for a really long time. Um, so Cassie isn't really sure if she wants to do this, but when this whole incident at the award ceremony happens, she ends up deciding to go to Massachusetts. And while there, she ends up starting to work with another fire department. And this fire department is made up of a bunch of men that are very macho and they don't think that women can be firefighters and stuff like that. And she, she has to go through 
the hazing period and all this stuff. But when she joins, there's also another guy and they call him the rookie. So that's pretty much what they always call him throughout the book. And she ends up kind of developing a bit of a relationship with him and they become friends and stuff like that. So the book kind of develops with that. And through the book, she finds herself and she learns things about, I guess, about herself. And it just, it was just a really great book and it was an uplifting book. And so it was very different from what I normally read. So this is Things You Save in a Fire by Catherine Center. All right. So my first pick is Snowflower and the Secret Fan yeah. by Lisa C. It came out in 2005. And I just loved this book. It's a wonderful story. It takes place in 19th century China in a remote Hunan village. And it is about two uh, women. They meet as girls at seven. And they have been chosen to be Lao Tong for each other. It's a, a word that means loosely uh, old saying. Uh, what it is is that they are matched to be friends for life. They will have an emotional bond that is stronger than any other that they have in life. Even their relationship with their spouse will be different than this particular bond. The first thing we see them do together is the foot binding ritual, which is just absolutely horrendous. And I never, I never read that so well uh, done as in this book. It's, 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 Oh, the pain, my feet can hurt just, just thinking about it. Um, and they, they give each other a gift at, at their first meeting. Uh, Lily gives Snowflower a handkerchief and Snowflower gives Lily a silk fan on which she has painted a poem in an ancient Chinese women's language called Nushu that they can communicate in and men do not understand and aren't involved. So it's a secret language. And so we do follow them through their, their whole lives, through just all kinds of good, bad, uh, love, joy, just that the whole, they have complicated and hard lives in 19th century China as women. Um, and the book really shows how bonds can be very strong, how they can stretch, how they can break, and how they can try to reform again, even though they are going to be different. It truly is a lifelong relationship and it, it's just a wonderful story. Uh, and once again, it is Snowflower and the Secret Fan and it is by Lisa C. And I love it. Yeah. Even though it's very sad sometimes. Oh, it's terribly sad, but you know, that's sometimes we, we have to deal with that. Uh, my first book is called The Hundredth Queen. Yes. And it is the first book in the Hundred Queen series by Emily R. King. So in this book, I, I think I was drawn in mostly by the love story and the fact that this girl really kind of grows to come into her own um, and believe in herself as more than just a sister in the temple. Um, her name is Kalinda. Um, 
she is, she has grown up as an orphan in the, um, in the sisterhood temple up in the mountains. I think this, this book takes place in, I want to say India. It doesn't give you a very, um, distinct, like, country, but a lot of the, uh, rituals and the, gosh, I'm totally, so I think it's, right now. I think it's like young adult fantasy kind of with like Eastern, like an Eastern inspired world. So India. Um, yeah. Perhaps it it like kind of reminds Eastern. me a little bit of, yeah. So yeah. Uh, maybe not quite India, but something in that vicinity. Cause um, so she grows up in the temple and she has these fevers that um, has kind of, condemned her to a life of being in the temple and so to speak but it's it, that's the life she wants um, most people or most girls in the, in the temple are eventually chosen to be uh, servants to different households and that kind of thing but she because of her sickness um, she isn't destined for that kind of life but then the ruler of her country, uh, they call him Raja Tarek. Um, he makes a visit to the temple and it's customary for him to choose wives and courtesans from the sisters at the temple. And she, they have to go through all of these different trials, fighting trials and that kind of thing. And she doesn't think she's going to win. And, and once he knows about her sickness, she just knows that he'll pass over her, but he doesn't. And so she is put into this whole different world that she never expected to be in. She has to travel across the desert to get to his palace. And, and um, she ends up falling in love with her guard and it just goes on from there. And she has to eventually escape from from his palace, um, he makes all of his wives fight to the death to earn their rank as his wife, uh, what number of wife she will be. Um, and so she just finds it very archaic. She doesn't, she, she finds it very distasteful. Um, and it ends up that in order to escape, she's going to have to rely on a magic that she discovers in herself, which has been the cause of her fevers um, that she did not know about from childhood. But this book, there's just so many different aspects to it. There's love, there's hate, there's growing into your own as she's 18. She, she kind of, and she's grown up in the sisterhood, you know, they're very um, conservative, very disciplined. And she has to kind of, release all of that and and learn what she needs to become her own woman and survive the the tragedy she's been thrown into so once again this book is called the hundredth queen it is book one in the hundredth queen series by emily r king i love these i like the these a lot too yeah <laughs> So my first top read of 2019, I'm going to talk about it. 
uh, first because I just read it. It was one of my November picks, and I didn't know if it was going to be my top read of 2019, but it really, really was. It was The How and Why, or The How and the Why, by Cynthia Hand, and I met Cynthia Hand during the Unearthly Books. That's how I learned about her. Those were, I would call, young adult fantasy. And The How and the Why, it's about a girl named Cassandra McMurtry. She was adopted. And it's what we in the Book Bistro Women podcast love a lot, a dual timeline novel where yes. we are reading letters from the birth mother of Cassandra. And we're also reading Cassandra's point of view. Basically, in the book, Cassandra turns 18 and she decides to search for her birth mother uh, because she wants answers. And it's just such a great story. It was very, I guess, relatable, even if you haven't, uh, you know, have no experience with adoption or haven't been adopted or haven't been in the situation. It was easy to understand everybody's point of view and understand why everybody in the book made the decisions that they made. So I really enjoyed it. It's The How and the Why by Cynthia Hand. It actually just came out, and it was wonderful. It sounds like a really, really good book. Yes, it does. It really, really was. Oh, my gosh. So the next book that I'm going to talk about is All the Things We Do in the Dark by Sandra Mitchell. And this book is a young adult book. Um, it could kind of a little bit be considered a thriller, but not a lot of thriller. Um, I think the biggest thing that really attracted me to this book was just reading the synopsis. And so this book is about a girl named Ava. And Ava something happened when she was nine she was uh she was raped and this has really kind of it plays a lot in her life as she's growing up and it this book kind of shows you how this incident when she was nine has affected the things that she does and the things that she doesn't do so it really really dictates her life her life is very sheltered I guess she only really has she has a very very small circle she that she trusts she trusts her mom and she has one best friend that she's known since she was really young and so this book is a lot of about her finding herself and finding her way and realizing that it's okay to ask for help so while this is all happening Ava actually comes across a a girl's body and she is a teenager and Ava must decide if she's going to call the police and report her finding or if she's not going to and this book kind of goes through why like why is she going to make the decision that she's going to make because her what happened to her when she was nine it really does play into her decision um so this book, I don't know, it just really, really, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm not really sure why it spoke to me, but I really, really quite enjoyed it. Um, so it's All the Things We Do in the Dark by Sandra Mitchell. This one looks very, very good. I have it 
on my iPad. So the next book I'm going to talk about is The House We Grew Up In uh, by Lisa Jewell. I realize I'm talking about two Lisas, but really I do read a lot of books with a lot of different first names. Um, so they're not all Lisas. But this is the first book I read by this author, and I really, it was a very fascinating and yet, you know, sad and difficult book to read. Um, it's about a family in the Cotswolds, and they appear to be on the surface a pretty together functional family, and they are anything but. Um, it's not a dual timeline, it's sort of all over in timelines. Um, we see them through a little bit throughout their childhood, but we always keep coming back to a time just after the mother has died because the mother is a hoarder. And it's the first book I've ever read about the subject of hoarding. It's very fascinating and incredible how every aspect of the family's life is affected uh, by the hoarding behavior and her house was just just you you couldn't move around in it she had little tiny spaces where she could be it was utterly stacked to the ceiling everywhere with things she'd been doing that for years and years uh and there's a, a tragic event that happens that forces this family back to this house and forces them later to come back to the house and to try to, to unravel some events around this event that happened when they were, were all young. And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an in-depth look at each of these characters, how they were, how, what made, uh, how they were emotionally uh, how the hoarding affected them, how how they became who they are as adults, and it was just a great job of of character character development, character study. Um, and it is the house we grew up in by Lisa Jewell. Lisa Jewell uh, is remarkable. I've read some of her other books, but I haven't read I'll, this one. I'll definitely be reading them now that I've read this one. Yeah, they're not yeah. all like this. Like, no, they're, they're different. A lot of them are much no, I more like thrillery. But, yeah. Oh, that's um, okay. I love thrillery. Oh, no, like, I'm just saying, though, like they're. <laughs> yeah, I just read uh, a couple of weeks ago, I read The Family Upstairs. Yeah, me too. Uh -huh. and mm -hmm. yeah, I like it was disturbing, upstairs. also. It was disturbing, yes, it was. but it was, it was good. I it think you'll good. enjoy it, Christine. So my second book is called The Bright Side of Darkness by J.E. Pinto. Uh, this is not one of my typical genres that I choose, um, but she did a great job with this book. Um, so this is about five teenage boys. One um, has just lost his parents in a car wreck. And so now he considers his family, uh, the four teenage boys that he has grown up with in this rundown apartment. Um, he is 17 and um, they're all around that same age, 17, 18 years old. Uh, his four buddies, they live 
with their parents, but he keeps living in his parents' place. Um, and I guess it's, it's kind of in this rundown building. The landlord doesn't much care as long as the rent gets paid and all of this kind of thing. Um, and so that's kind of his family. Then one day at the, this baseball game, uh, he comes across this girl who has a German Shepherd guide dog. And she's obviously blind. And he sits down and people are picking on her and she's, she's holding her own. But he sits down and starts talking to her and he defends her and they get to know each other and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it turns out that she is a runaway. Um, she has run away from her foster family. Um, and is trying to stay away from dark things in her past and she's managing so far, but she ends up kind of falling in with this young guy. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned his name. His name is Rick Myers. Uh, she kind of falls in with Rick and the rest of his crew and, and moves in with Rick actually. Um, but her past comes back to haunt her and some very bad things happen. She, so it's all about him learning what family is. He falls apart. He, his family, the, the team kind of falls apart and he gets a second chance at life and becoming something. Um, and he, I really like the way that he kind of grows up and comes into his own and he's, all because he's given a second chance by people that needed to kind of have their own second chance. So this book is called The Bright Side of Darkness by J.E. Pinto. I have been looking at this like off and on now for a couple of years. And I really need to read it. It sounds like a book that I might like too. So my next book is called White Lies by Lucy Dawson, The Master Brain Breaker. And this book is about a family doctor. Her name is Alexandra Inglis, and she's trusted by her patients to keep their most intimate secrets. You know, your family doctor is kind of like the everything doctor, the therapist, you know, whatever you need your family doctor to be. That's where they are on that given day. And she's an expert at doing this. But sometimes the lines of respectability and desire blur i mean she's only human right uh, but she makes a mistake and oversteps a line with one of her patients jonathan and he is incredibly obsessive and neurotic and Ooh. she's gone too far and he's not going to stop at anything to get what he wants and she, he's you know his actions are tearing her world apart they're threatening her career her family her marriage oh my god but this book broke my brain i cannot even tell you listeners how much it's i can't say any more about it because of course it's a thriller and anything i say will spoil it but i have never read a book that i i finished it and i started screaming i can't oh my god oh my god and my husband was like what is going on and i i literally had to summarize the whole book to him because i had to talk to somebody about it and it was like six in the morning so this is White Lies by Lucy Dawson. And I hope that you will pick it up when you're in the mood for a nifty, I can't see it coming thriller. I will. I will. I'm going to look for it too. This sounds like what I need to read. You yes. must. 
You must read it. It is. I'm gonna have to do that real soon. It sounds like. Yes. Okay, so the next book that I'm gonna talk about is "Never Have I Ever" by <laughs> Jocelyn Jackson, and this book is a thriller, and it was actually the first book that I've ever read by this author. Oh. The synopsis just grabbed me and I had to read it. So this book is about a woman named Amy and Amy did something when she was younger and she really doesn't want anyone to know about it. She hasn't told her husband and she hasn't told her best friend and she really she really really hopes it never comes up. So Amy and her friend, they have this book club. And this book club is kind of a bunch of people in the neighborhood. And they come and that's like, obviously, they talk about books. Well, one day, a new neighbor joins the book club. And well, she's not really into talking about books. <laughs> she decides instead that they should start having, they should play a game. And this game is all about things that you really don't want anyone else to know about. So Amy's kind of on the outside and she's watching the game and she's listening to all these secrets that are being divulged and she's, she's getting a little suspicious. She's kind of getting worried because this neighbor, her name is Rue, she just seems like a kind of a suspicious character, I guess. And so I don't know if it's a couple days later or I don't remember how long, but Rue contacts Amy and she tells her that if she doesn't give her what she wants, then she is going to divulge her secret because she knows what happened. Well, this really worries Amy, as you could imagine. And so Amy kind of, she doesn't know what to do, but after doing a lot of thought, thinking, and deciding, she decides that she can't really give Rue what she wants because Rue's just going to come back for more. So she decides that she's going to play Rue's game. So this book was just, I don't even know. It was amazing. I loved it. So it's Never Have I Ever, and it's by Jocelyn Jackson. This was her first thriller. And it is just so, so incredible. Pretty much everything that Jackson does is incredible. Yeah, she's um, great. But I need to stuff. read her. Oh, yes. Yes, yes you, you do. do. There's so she's, much you need to read. I know, so don't amazing. worry. And now you have a child. Mm. All right. So my pick is Five Feet Apart by Rachel Lippincott. And... Uh, this book is about cystic fibrosis, which don't read a whole lot about. It follows uh, basically two people. Um, we mostly follow Stella, who is uh, in and out of hospitals because of her lungs. She's on the lung transplant list, and she tries to do everything she can to keep from getting infections and to remain on that list and not lose her place. She's very, her parents and she are very meticulous about all this. 
And when she's in the hospital in this book, she meets Will, who is uh, really just waiting to turn 18 so he can unplug all the machinery and go see the world and be done with all of this. He doesn't like the, the hospital. He doesn't like the rules. He doesn't like all the treatments. He's, he doesn't want to deal. And there is a, a theory that if you stay six feet apart from each other, people uh, like in the hospital, you don't touch, you don't breathe on each other, you wear protection, you will not, you can stay healthy and won't give each other infections and stuff. And these two fall in love and they decide that maybe it can be five feet apart. They change it just a little and they, they, the book is just all about how they try to try to one of them tries to talk the other one out of being so careful and the other one tries to talk the other one into being so careful and they do all kinds of things just to try to live with this this condition that they have or figure out what's best and it's just a wonderful story um about a subject I didn't know a lot about until I read it and it's a it's a great love story but and and it's sad but wonderful and again it is five feet apart and it is by Rachel Lippincott. And it came out this year. <laughs> and it sounds devastating. But good. My next book is called The Bells by oh, Donielle yes. Clayton. Um, this was a very interesting book to me, and I loved it. Um, I love books where you have people with magic you don't typically see um I mean you see people who can wield elemental magic like fire water earth but the the bells have a different magic um they are able to control uh beauty they can change the way a person looks just by using magic they can change facial features hair color, skin color, uh, body type, all of that with what they call their arcana. Um, and they are born with this in their blood. And they are raised from young children um, into their teenage years, um, learning how to control this magic and use this magic to pretty much give people magical plastic surgery <laughs> um, <laughs> that's kind of how I looked at it it, because it is kind of like that it, it they can change everything um from what I gather it's very painful for the person it's happening for but they do it um and so th in the bells um these these girls that have been raised together as bells um are up to the challenge of becoming the favorite bell for the queen. And so they each have to perform um, beauty tasks on, on someone. And, and the one that the queen likes the best, she chooses them as her favorite. Well, she, um, Camellia really wants to be the chosen one. Um, 
but unfortunately in the beginning she isn't. And then all of this tragedy happens. Things start happening in the palace that can't be explained. Um, each girl that was not chosen as the favorite is placed at a different tea house. Um, and so they're all within the same city. They just aren't at the palace. And things in the palace start going crazy. Um, and eventually Camellia ends up there and learning what's going on and figuring it all out. And so she ends up having to dissolve the mystery behind all of this. Um, but she's put through some pretty heavy tasks and um, asked to do things that is not within the realm of the bells. What they're, they're able to do it, but they're not supposed to. So she has to kind of learn how to navigate this world and use her magic and figure out uh, mysteries in the palace and all of that. And this is just an amazing book. And I, but what I truly love is the magic. It's just, it's amazing the way it's described and how it's used. It's, it's a very, very different than what you typically see. So this is the bells. The Bells Book One by Donielle Clayton. There are teacup animals in this book. Like people have teacup elephants. Yes, I love and I want them. one. And teacup monkeys. And I want a yes. teacup monkey. They have little pigs. They're everything. It's wonderful. I want yes. all of those. Give me the yes. whole book teacup my set. A couple people have tigers. Uh, so my next book is a book I really enjoyed closer to the beginning of 2019. And it's called The Night Olivia Fell by Christina McDonald. Oh. It was the first book I read about by this author. I'm not sure it was her debut or It not, is her debut. But I think so, yes. And man, this book was marvelous. It already starts, you know, it starts off with a bang. Abby, Abby gets a call in the middle of the night to run to the hospital that something happened to her daughter, Olivia. And it turns out that Olivia fell and now she is brain dead, but there's a catch. She is also pregnant and must be kept on life support in order to keep her baby alive. It's something that can be done now. And this book is, I don't know if any of you have read Reconstructing Amelia, but if you enjoyed Reconstructing Amelia, you'll enjoy this book. It wasn't the same at all, but it it is just that kind of book where you're kind of trying to figure out what happened and you're piecing together piece by piece by piece the lives between these two women, Olivia and Abby, mother and daughter. And it was just an incredible, incredible book. I read it mostly in one sitting and I enjoyed it so very much. And I highly recommend it. I can't wait until Christina McDonald writes another book. So I would highly recommend this book for anyone interested in going through, not necessarily a thriller, but I would consider this maybe a domestic suspense. Maybe. Yeah. But this is The Night Olivia Fell by Christina McDonald. And it was phenomenal, I have to say. And her next book is out in February of 2020. Mm -hmm. And it is called Behind Every Lie. I can't wait. Um, I'm so excited. 
So obviously, people on this podcast have more than three top reads of 2019. Like, that's just how this happens. But we can't tell you about all of the top reads in great detail. Otherwise, we'd be here for some crazy amount of time that no one would like. So, Brooke, do you want to quickly um, run down what else is on your list of top books? Okay. So I have about, I don't know, four or five. So there's After the End by Claire McIntosh and this book it on Goodreads it says it's a thriller and mystery but I would more call it a contemporary fiction yeah Um, I really like it's not a mystery yeah I like the book because of the realism and the whole what do you do and it's even more I loved it because Claire when you when Claire McIntosh would talk to about the book, she actually said that it was kind of about her and about a decision that they had to make in the past. So that really, really spoke to me. That was one of my favorite interviews that we did this year. And so another book that I have on my list is in um, Girl in Pieces by Kathleen Glasgow. And this book is actually from 2016, but I really, really enjoyed it. And it it's about mental health, and um, it's really, really raw and real. And again, when the author was talked to, um, she actually said it was about her so you could really see that in her writing that she really knew what she was talking about another one that I really really enjoyed this year was Vendetta in Death in Death number 49 by JD Robb and my list just wouldn't be it wouldn't be like um complete if I didn't talk about her and I just well I can't really tell you anything about it just read it because it's a great series and I love it um, another book I really enjoyed was um, Say Your Sorry. Oh, yes. By Karen Rose. And this is part of her um, romantic suspense series and actually the first book in her Sacramento series. And it's a romantic suspense. And I loved it. And I guess my final one would have to be, it's kind of, a, it's a series. So it's The Wild Hunt and Anti-Fay Adventures series. And it's by Yasmin Galinorm. And Shannon introduced me to this author and I don't really know where I was by not reading her in a long time ago, because I loved it. Yes, I, I, she's so great. I just have to say that this is the first time that anyone else has spoken that author's name on this podcast. I know. Besides I, I was surprised she let me. I was surprised. I gave her my list and I was like, I know she's going to take that one. That's why it's I like, wait a minute. Somebody's saying that name and it's not Shannon. It's not what? me. I well, mentioned you know. that Shannon is the one that suggested I check it out. So she, it's got, true. A, she got an honorable mention. Yes. <laughs> yes, Min is magical. That's all I know. And that is all of mine that I'm going to talk about this year. All right. 
Well, I had Meredith Russo, who wrote a book called Birthday, and it was a great book. Um, young adult, uh, transgender uh, issues in this book. Well, well done. Uh, Jennifer Weiner, Mrs. Everything by Jennifer oh, Weiner, yes. which was a great, I, I imagine women's fiction would be what it would call. Yeah, kind it of historical just, women's fiction. It's so just great. Just absolutely incredible, wonderful book. Please read. Um, the Astonishing Color of After by Emily X.R. Pan, which is also young adult. And it's, uh, it deals with a, 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 a suicide, a, a mother who commits suicide and how the, the daughter has to try to understand that. Great read. Um, and Heather Armstrong wrote The Valedictorian of Being Dead, which really fascinated me a lot. I liked it. And Sarah Pinsker wrote a book called A Song for a New Day that I found quite fascinating. It's sort of, um, and it's not really apocalyptic, but it kind of deals with a, a very strange way that society could go. And uh, that's... That's what I've got for you at the moment. Okay. The valedictorian of being dead is just so, so excellent. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a fantastic memoir. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have three more books that I was going to talk about. Um, the, the first one is called The Last Descendant, Signore Chronicles by Me Megan Haskell. Um, this book is amazing to me. If you like uh, fairies, I think, uh, not like sparkly magical fairies, but <laughs> like, like the, the, fae, the fae kind of? Yeah, yeah. The, the fae fairies um, and pixies. If you like pixies, the pixies in this book are hilarious. Um, so it, it is a fantasy and, and I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the reader or the narrator of this book does a great job with the pixie voices. It's, it's hilarious. Um, so uh, my next book is Grace and Fury, Grace and Fury oh, book one yes. by Tracy Banghart. Um, it's a great story of two sisters, um, you know, kind of struggling through a, a time um, when women are not really allowed to do anything but exist without getting in some major trouble. Um, so that's, that's a great book. Um, and fighting against that. It's, it's really great. They come into their own and become very strong women. I love it. And my last book is a J.R. Ward book. And I will forever love this group for introducing me to J.R. Ward and the Black Dagger Brotherhood series. Um, it, it's just amazing. I, and Dark Lover, book one, is, was my final top read. Um, there's, of course, so many. I think this whole series could just be one of my top series of, of reading in 2019. Um, I just love the vampires and the romance and the, the, I just, I, she, it takes hard words for me to describe these books for anybody. Um, but if you like vampires and you like difficult men 
and romance <laughs> you have to read um J.R. Ward's Black Dagger Brotherhood series starting with Dark Glover. So I, I had like to put Kristen men. I had to put Kristen on an episode without Stacy. Otherwise Kristen would not have been allowed <laughs> to talk about this. <laughs> So my list, the rest of my list, has a lot of things that I probably mentioned before or that have been mentioned before, but man, they were good. So the first one is On the Come Up by Angie Thomas, who oh, yes. wrote the wonderful, delightful, most amazing book, The Hate You Give. And this book was just as delightful, but in a different way. This, I would call this what, urban fiction, maybe? Yeah, like young adult. Young adult. Like- Slash fiction slash everybody should read this author right now. Yes. <laughs> I I am commanding, not even that's suggesting. Yeah, She's on my a, list of yeah, authors to read. It's a genre yeah. when it comes to Angie Thomas. It really is. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I invited her in by Adele Parks, a psychological thriller that really broke my brain. Because I like it when my brain gets broken. That's the best kind of thriller. The Last Lie by Alex Lake, Revenge at its Finest. Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate, which yes, I think that I was really good. I like that one. Oh my gosh, it was so great. I love books that are based on things that happen in reality, but in a fictional account. And I really loved this book, and I learned something about my history, my country's history that I did not know, which seems to be the pattern of America. The next book I'm going to talk about is Verity by Colleen Hoover. <laughs> Sorry, that book broke my I brain love that any book. other book. Oh my god, that book was un- incredible. It killed I need me. to read this. I'm still reeling from that book. I didn't know Colleen Hoover had it in her. And honestly, I love Colleen Hoover, but she usually writes, you know, romance, uh, angsty, um, If I'm not incorrect, I think this was under her... Isn't this um, voted for romance or something? This is, I think it was is voted it? for thriller, actually. Oh, that's is it what thriller? It I couldn't remember what I it was. I couldn't remember where it is. I saw this it. This was not romantic, work. you guys. I, yeah, it was totally not romantic. At I all. agree. And, but it was incredible. I mean, I love oh it. my goodness. I wish I could spoil it. That's how good it was. No, no, you can't because I haven't but read I it. But I can't. <laughs> the Swallow's Nest by Emily Richards. I would yes. consider contemporary fiction. It was my first experience with Emily Richards, and it's a long book. And I read it in one sitting. That is fantastic. Um, that should tell you. The Bride Test by Helen Hong. Um, must I say anything about Helen Hong? I mean, we have all just spouted so much about how awesome she is. She just is and needs to write the next book in this series if she's going to write one. Such a wonderful, wonderful series. And last but not least for me is the Alice Worth series oh. by Lisa Edmonds. Mm. Um, urban fantasy took really a big boom in around like 2006 and 2007. But as Shannon and I were probably talking about the other day, we read all of those. And yes. urban fantasy kind of, um, I guess, fell by the wayside. And now it's, you know, paranormal romance, new adult. And a bunch I wish of it would genres. come back. And this was a comeback. I have not yes. read an urban fantasy this good since around, you know, the time of Rachel Vincent and, and Rochelle Mead and, uh, you know, Carrie Arthur and all those wonderful Ooh. gems that came out, you know, more than 10 years ago. It was like I was back then, back there. And Ooh, oh, Rochelle they're Mead. just wonderful. Yes. I know. 
but Alice War series yeah. by Lisa Edmonds. Yes. Cool. By Lisa Edmonds. And I'm just I'm still wanting to see a vampire talking to Obama about how they're going to get rid of Trump in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you should write it. I don't want them to talk about it. I just want them to do it. Well, well they have to talk about it, otherwise we can't like read about it if they don't talk about it. Exactly. Well, if, they don't, if they don't plan it, we can't read about it, and then they're gonna fail. You know, and then yeah. that's yeah, the concept. It's no good. Yeah, and then Kanye West is gonna turn into a vampire too. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. So. <laughs> That brings us to the end of this part of the top reads of 2019 um, grouping of episodes. Some more of us will be back next week to talk to you about more great books. Um, Thank you to Christine and Kristen, Brooke and Natalia for sharing some of your best books today. And Christine, you get to do double duty on this episode. Not only do you participate, but you edit. So that's amazing. And thank you to all of you who join us for this uh, book bistro journey. We appreciate you so, so much. If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.